Welcome back, Mets fans, to a brand new Raise the Apple. No real direction for today's episode. We're just going to dive right into it because we have a little bit of ranting to do because New York media is horrible. Mets Twitter is horrible, but we're going to talk about all that today. First of all, though, around Major League Baseball, some of the highlights that are going on. Uh, last night, the Mets did get swept by the Cardinals. A guy named Lars Newbar spoiled the fun. Incredible catch, by the way. Uh, Cedric Mullins had an amazing home run uh, snag. And then the Dodgers are the next team to clinch a postseason spot. It is officially magic number season. The Brewers' magic number is down to five. They are the closest to clinching a division title. Uh, the Giants and Dodgers are the only teams in baseball right now with postseason spots locked up. Now we are waiting for division winners. We are waiting on wild cards, what the playoffs are going to look like. Right now the Mets are on very thin ice, to say the least. It's Zach Wheeler versus Tywan Walker tomorrow. They're off today. They are five and a half back in the division. I believe it is five in the wild card. It's not so much making up... There's 15, 15 games left. It's not so much making up those 15 games. It's the teams they have to leapfrog to get to that point. So the Mets could go 15-0 and and win out. But if all the teams ahead of them also went out, I mean, that, that you can't do anything about that. You're, it's, you're not going to make the playoffs. If you, may, if you went out but the teams ahead of you also went out, it doesn't do you any good. But unfortunately... I mean, that's just, <clears throat> that's the way it is. Hopefully the Mets can get the job done. They pretty much have their backs pinned against the wall right now. They do still have a shot. I love that Luis Rojas said it We still last night. We still have a chance. Until the standings, I've said it so many times before, until the standings have an E next to their name, they are in the playoff race. I know a good majority of Mets fans have already given up on the year. To me, those people aren't necessarily real fans. Sorry, not sorry. Because, like again, like I've said before, real fans stick by their teams to the end. They stick by their teams through the good times and the bad times. But today's episode is mostly kind of ranting. So, for a little bit of backstory, Steve Cohen is in his first year as owner of the New York Mets. He has been very vocal on Twitter. He is very vocal on Twitter. Almost Donald Trump style with how much he's on Twitter. The only thing is, people don't like Steve Cohen on Twitter. I personally like it. Well, actually, I should let me rephrase that. I like it, and I also dislike it. I like that he's on there. I like that he's vocal about the team, about stuff that's going on, other events. I don't like it because sometimes he says stuff that probably shouldn't say but don't we all on social media i mean don't sit at home and act like you're perfect on social media and you've never said anything you wish you didn't post i know i've done it i can guarantee you every single one of you listening has done it at some point none of us are perfect so part of it makes us human but a mets fan excuse me on twitter had somehow made a two tweet thread of a list of everything that has happened to the mets off the most of it off the field that has happened to the Mets this year at some point since Steve Cohen took over all the way to today, which is September 16th. So what started this whole conversation about Steve Cohen and being on Twitter 
a New York Post article. A New York Post article. I'm just going to pull up the article quick. I briefly read it this morning. Mike Puma, who's a Mets beat writer, uh, released an article this morning talking about the Mets, and there was an anonymous source that apparently, if I am, if I'm understanding this story correctly, here it is right here. It was actually published last night, but it didn't catch fire really until this morning because everybody was. Uh, very upset at Lars Newbar for ruining last night. And Puma writes this story, and there's apparently an anonymous source that says there's a huge Steve Cohen issue that is hurting the Mets' search for a new GM. So right now, you have... Uh, we'll talk about this more in a little bit. You had two GMs. Both of them got in trouble for off-the-field issues. There's been talk of Theo Epstein of the Cubs coming to the Mets, but he's stepping away from baseball. The Mets really don't have a GM right now. It's basically Sandy and Steve Cohen calling the shots right now. And this anonymous source who, I can't remember his name, David Simmons or something like that, he came out and it was apparently him, uh, it was saying that Steve Cohen on Twitter is what is hurting this team. And it's what hurt hurting their chances of finding a stable head of baseball operations, which I don't agree with, long story short, but it's not about this guy. The whole point of this kind of rant, I guess, is not about this anonymous source. Steve Cohen did have some fun with it this morning. He was talking about the article. He was saying, let's play a game. You know, if someone could tell me who the source is or figure out who the source is, uh, you can sit with me in the suite during a Mets game, a Mets home game for the rest of the year. He picked three winners and hit, he or his team is reaching out to them to make that happen so they could sit with him because he did find out who the source was because he's Steve Cohen. He'll find out that stuff. And it was a whole, like, it was like an unnecessary distraction almost. These pe these beat, I get it. New York is a, New York and L.A. are horrible, horrible places if you are an athlete on the basis of the media is terrible. The media is terrible in general. We all knew, we've all known this for the past, what, decade or so, that the media is terrible, especially when it comes to sports, especially when it comes to New York sports, because that's just New York. That's the way it is. Fans expect to win, and when they don't win, media grills the teams for why they don't win, and because people think they know everything about everything, they take whatever these beat writers say like it's gospel, and they think, oh my, oh, this beat writer, uh, I'll just use Mike Puma for example. Mike Puma is not, I like reading his stuff. Mike, P I'm just going to use him as an example just because he's been brought up. Mike Puma releases something about criticizing the Mets, let's say. And all these fans see it. They don't do any of their own research or take any of their own observations into an account. They automatically assume that everything Puma says, that's what's really going on. As, as opposed to maybe Puma is right, wrote an opinion piece. This is what, maybe he said, this is what I think is the problem. All these people see it, instead of figuring out what they, how they think for themselves, they just say, oh yeah, Puma's right, I like, I like, agree with that, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, that's how it is, because that's just, the, that's just unfortunately the way the world is right now, which is very annoying. But anyway, a Mets fan did a thread of everything that has happened 
under the Steve Cohen era. We're going to go down the list and talk about almost all of it. Uh, some of it is a bit more, or some of it is a bit more complicated to discuss, but we'll touch on everything briefly. First of all, Sex Predator GM. This is their like this is their bullet point word for word what it says. Sex Predator GM. Obviously, yes, the Jared Porter stuff. Uh, there was talk that the Wilmer that the Wilpons knew about it, but still didn't do anything. Same thing with Mickey Calloway. Apparently, the Wilpons knew but didn't do anything. Then later on this year, uh, a couple weeks ago, you had Zach Scott get arrested for a DUI after coming home from an event at Steve Cohen's place. And, of course, the media is going to blame Steve Cohen and fans are going to blame Steve Cohen because it's apparently Steve Cohen's fault that Jared Porter is a sexual creep. And apparently it's Steve Cohen's fault that Zach Scott, a grown adult, doesn't know it's not okay to drink and drive. Okay, then you have the thumbs-down issue. The thumbs-down issue, I think he handled very well. So, like we've talked about before, the thumbs-down that the Mets did apparently was a subtle F.U. to fans that were booing him. I thought Steve Cohen addressed it properly, saying we are going to talk with the players tomorrow about that. They did. It's never. It hasn't been a problem since then. I think he handled that very well. But again, you're going to blame Steve Cohen for the players doing something. Uh, what else was there? Botch trade deadline. I hate that people are saying the Mets botched the trade deadline. They're like, oh, they didn't do enough. They should have done this. They should have done that. Again, why does everybody think they are an expert on everything? I, The Mets trade deadline, I don't remember if I gave it a grade or not. I think I gave it like a B, maybe. B minus, maybe. I don't remember if I even gave it a grade. You went out, you got Javi Baez and Trevor Williams. It costs you a top prospect. One, or it costs you one prospect, who this year he is out for the year because of so, shoulder surgery. And people are like, oh, we wanted Chris Bryant, Kyle Hendricks, Zach Davies, Jose Barrios. Again, all these wannabe GMs, you do not understand that, for whatever reason, people don't understand to get in sports, not just baseball, professional sports, to get, you have to give. If the Mets were going to get Chris Bryant, or Jose Barrios. It was going to cost them a crap ton of talent. And when you look at the Mets farm system, there's not that much talent there right now. Their farm system is not as strong as other teams are. You know, they don't they have a very average farm system, probably below average. It would be rated by uh, Joe DeMeo, who is uh, typically he covers a lot of minor leagues in international prospects for baseball, he would probably rate the Mets as a below-average farm system. You gave up Pete Crow Armstrong, who's a top-five prospect for Javi Baez. Could you imagine what it could have, it would have cost to get Chris Bryant or Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks in a package deal or Chris Bryant and Zach Davies? Someone said that uh, apparently the Twins wanted Dom Smith and Ronnie Mercusio, another Mets top prospect for Jose Barrios. Like... Come on. You have to understand, you have to get to give. And the Mets weren't willing to give up Beatty or Mercusio or who else is down there? Matthew Allen, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos. The Mets were not willing to trade away those guys. But to get Javi, they had to give up one of them. And Pete Crow Armstrong was the one that they decided to trade. 
because again, to get, you have to give. The Cubs are not just going to hand out Chris Bryant like he's nothing. He is one of the best third basemen and one of the best players in baseball. The Cubs are trying to sell him off, but they want a great return for him. And I firmly believe that if the Mets were going to get Chris Bryant, it was going to cost them in some order uh, J.D. Davis, another major league or close to major league talent, and a combination or one or the other of a Brett Beatty or Ronnie Mercusio. I really do think that it was going to cost that much for the Mets to get Chris Bryant. Now, would it have actually? We don't know. But that's 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 what I think. Another thing that they talked about this uh, tweet talked about was public outcry for Rojas being fired. Excuse me, I do not. Li- uh, this kind of ties in with a bunch of the other stuff, like Lindor's early struggles, uh, blowing a division lead when the winner of the division won't win 90 games. And having, you know, the pitching fall apart, no offense all year. This is my biggest thing that I hate in sports is when front office staff and coaches become the scapegoats because players do not perform. If Pete Alonso goes 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, that is on Pete Alonso. That is not on Luis Ross. That is not on Steve Cohen. That's not on Sandy Alderson. It's not on uh, Conforto or McNeil. It's on Pete for going 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. And if he does that every game throughout an entire 162-game season, why would why does the hitting coach get fired for that? And not uh, and why does nothing happen to Pete Alonso, who went 0 for the entire year with strikeouts every single at-bat? Again, that's, just a, that's probably a bit of an extravagant example, but you get the idea, hopefully, what I'm trying to say. I hate that because players or the team itself underperforms, they automatically blame the front office, or they automatically blame the coaching staff. Is Luis Rojas the guy that's going to get this team a World Series win? I have no idea. None of us know. None of us can foresee what's going to happen with that. Do I think he has the capability of it with the talent that's currently on this team? Absolutely. He's been in the organization a long time. He's very close with the players on this team. The players love him. This team is talented enough to win a World Series, bottom line. Not a lot of people will believe it, but this team right now, the way it is structured, is set up to win a World Series. And will they get there? I think they are one piece away. I think they can win it with what they have now, but to make me feel more confident in saying that, they are one piece away. One piece away from being a a legit World Series contender, and that might be maybe Jacob deGrom coming back, or Syndergaard coming back being successful in his injuries, or Carrasco not giving up a run every single time in the first inning. Whatever the case may be, I just hate watching the media and fans blame the front office and coaching staff because players do not perform. Now, the Mets did just get swept by the Cardinals, and you saw a lot of people would call questionable decisions from Luis Rojas and questioning the front office, and now everybody's coming after Steve Cohen's Twitter and all this and that. But no one's going to mention that Tyler McGill had a bad night last night. He, did, he didn't have a good night. 
be honest, we can be honest. He did not have a good night last night. I'm sure he'll probably be the first in line to tell you that. Instead of saying, you know what? The Mets stunk last night. They didn't get the job done. Instead, they're saying, fire Rojas. Steve Cohen shouldn't own this team. He needs to stop being on Twitter and all this crap. It. The point I'm making is that not everyone is not an expert on everything. A lot of Mets Twitter and a lot of Mets fans like to press the panic button and think more on emotion rather than logic. This team right now is structured to win a World Series within the next two to three years. I know Steve Cohen has a three to five year plan. I see a two to three year plan with this team. I think it is that talented. If they can, uh, I don't understand the the current contract situations, but if they're able to, I would give a qualifying offer to Conforto and Syndergaard and go all in on them. I would re-sign VR. I would re-sign Marcus Stroman as probably a top priority. Re-signing Javi Baez, I think the Mets can make that a doable task. I mean, obviously, but if you have Baez and Stroman that one of the two, and you're trying to re-sign, Along with VR will probably stay on a one, maybe two year deal. And then you got the qualifying offers with Conforto and uh, Syndergaard. And then you have Javi and Stroh. One of them's probably going to get a longer term deal. The other one's probably going to get a shorter one. You can't give. Mets probably wouldn't be able to give both of them long term deals. I like James McCann and Tomas Nito catching. You have JD Davis at third. Maybe you move McNeil to third and try and trade off J.D. Davis. McNeil, oh, that was another thing I wanted to bring up. A lot of people want to trade Jeff McNeil, and I don't understand why. The value that he brings to this team, he is arguably the best pure hitter in this lineup. Now, I know this year he's not had a great year, and I know he hasn't been the Jeff McNeil that we've all come to know and love. He is one of, if not the best pure hitters on this team, and there, and I am very confident in saying that. He has an amazing bat. The power, it's he's not going to hit you 40, but he can hit you 15 to 20. He's going to hit above 300. He's going to drive in about 70. He's going to be your guy. If you have a one-two punch of Nimmo and McNeil, or we've seen Nimmo and VR, though that's a great one-two punch. Or if you put uh, VR or McNeil in the 8-hole or 9-hole to kind of have the bottom of the lineup, something going in something happening in the bottom of the lineup there it's a great team you have Lindor locked up for the next decade you got Pete at first we all know Pete and how great he's been you're gonna have Cano come back but the Mets aren't gonna do anything with him the Mets are gonna get rid of Cano there's no way the Mets will keep Robinson Cano next year when his suspension is up then in the outfield you hopefully keep Conforto with qualifying offer but his agent is Scott Boris so who knows how that's gonna really play out you have Nimmo coming back to play center. You got Dom in left, potentially. A lot of people were saying a lot of people are saying that they wouldn't be surprised if Dom McNeil or JD is not back next year. I don't really feel confident in saying that. I don't think this offseason, I don't really think the Mets make many outside moves. I think they try and keep the guys they have because I think they like what they've seen this year. Have they underperformed at times? Yes. But have they shown that this team can fight, will fight to the end? Absolutely. I really feel confident in the direction this team is heading. I know a lot of Mets fans don't really feel the same way, 
but I feel very confident in the direction that they are heading. And for people to be blaming Steve Cohen and his Twitter, or blaming Luis Rojas, or blaming everybody but who needs to be held accountable. They're trying to hold everyone accountable but those who need it. Mets fans are not, and Mets Twitter, are not experts on everything. They are simply not. They like to think they are, but they simply are not. And I'm, I'm not either. I'm not going to sit up here and act like, oh, you guys don't know anything. I know everything at it. No. I've said some stuff about the Mets that has been completely inaccurate. Like my opinions on something or whatever the case may be, and it turned out that that wasn't the case or whatever. The, like, we've all done it. You know, it's part of being a Mets fan. It's a love-hate relationship. But for people to try and act like they're experts and trying to trying to blame other people but who should be held accountable. I don't want to blame the players for not underperforming. More so, I want them to be held, or I want to hold them accountable, if that makes sense. But that was kind of a long, over-the-place rant. But I think you, I think you guys understand where or what I'm saying and the point I'm making. This team is set up to win. Mets fans do have to be patient. I know it's been a long, long time since the Mets have done anything. I, besides 2015, it's since they've done anything in terms of a deep playoff run. But I really think this team is that one guy away from making a real run at this thing. And I do think, for now, Luis Rojas is the guy. I'm comfortable with Steve Cohen. I really don't care about his Twitter. If the Mets win 105 games and Steve Cohen is an ass on Twitter, who cares that Steve Cohen is an ass on Twitter? The Mets won 100-plus games. Like, same thing with the Edwin Diaz trade. If Edwin Diaz locks down the ninth inning, the save in Game 7 of the World Series and wins the Mets the World Series, no one's going to complain about the Jared Kelnick trade anymore. That's what you traded for Diaz for, was to lock down a World Series. And to me, it's worth giving up Kelnick to have Edwin Diaz if he locks down a World Series clincher for the Mets. Now, for everyone saying otherwise, I agree to disagree. But, again, I know it was kind of all over the place, this rant, but I think it is kind of hopefully will bring some light to Mets fans, maybe bring a little outside perspective as to what they were thinking, maybe bring a little more, hmm, I hadn't really thought of it that way, kind of the other the other side of it. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe down below. On the road to 100 subscribers, remember, a giveaway at 100 subscribers, which you can only be eligible for if you are subscribed. Make sure you follow on Twitter, RTA underscore pod. The Mets are off tonight before a weekend series with the Phillies. A lot on the line, a lot of some ground to make up. They are on very thin ice, but it's very doable. We got to actually have their backs this weekend, and it should be a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you guys enjoyed it, and that is all for this week. We will see you next time. Let's go Mets.